0: And now for something completely different.
1: It's a rich, fast Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money. Markets. Life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors.
2: And good morning, everyone. Hey, we're glad you're here. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday, the show Lance really doesn't like to talk about, but trolls us on YouTube, so you can always tune into our YouTube channel and get our latest insights. I'm Rich Rosso, certified financial planner, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP, as we always say, CFP squared. So uh, I don't know about you, Danny, but I'm glad the week's over. (laughs) Is it over? I feel like it's Wednesday, just on a loop. Yeah, that's true. It's like every day is Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. You know, um, I am, and I guess, Danny, you've been through so many cycles, but I've been through so many cycles that these kinds of moves don't really phase me. What I try to do, like we all try to do, is put ourselves in the shoes of uh, clients and people who reach out to us. And I, I know you too, you've had a lot of people that are not clients uh, that reach out to us for help, and we help them on all different types of questions uh, regarding the turmoil. Uh, and I, it's really always important to be the voice of reason. And I don't think um, I try it's to be not to be overconfident. And I think that a lot of financial advisors, because they're immersed in this, really think they know what's going to happen next. But we all know, and we've talked about this, how the market is the great humiliator, right? It it can get you down on your knees. The greatest traders, Jesse Livermore, talked about how you have to respect markets and understand that when they tell you something, you better listen to them. Um, and I think that uh, for me... And I want to just set this up. The first part of this couple, the couple of segments we want to talk about, you know, what should you do? You're in the shoes of an accumulator or you're in the shoes of someone taking a retirement income. And we want to look at those both sides of the fence. But for me, I I spoke to somebody yesterday, a friend of mine, and uh, he's been only in the market, believe it or not. I think you mentioned this the last show, Danny, how people or Wednesday's show How people got out of the market in 2008 or nine and never went back. Mm -hmm. Well, he's one of those guys. And he just started to get in this year. This year, he starts to get in. Uh, And January was sort of a continuation of December, looked really great. And then, you know, the world started to change, right? Um, And he says, man, he goes, this is a 40-year-old guy. And he's like, you know, I I can't believe it. I wait all these years, and now I'm going back into the market. I'm like, well, listen. You've got to know. You told me you're going to retire at 75. What's the problem, right? Oh, well, everything's down, and you know, I just I said, okay, yeah, you did miss a great bear market a bull market, and you're probably going into a bear market. But if you have a strategy, rules. Then I would suggest today, because you still have a lot of cash, he's only about 10% invested, add another 5%. And, you know, there was that dead silence. I thought he was disconnected by by, by now, but by, by low. Uh, you know, there is something, and, I'm, and Danny and I hate Wall Street cliches, but when there is blood in the street, and I don't think there's enough blood to say that things are capitulating, but there is at least a trickle of blood. Mm -hmm. in the streets why don't you slowly buy in any thoughts here's an accumulator who hasn't been in the market for over 12 years decides to 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 go in and uh, when he wanted to go in in january danny he wanted to go in to give you some big picture he wanted to go in with a hundred percent of five hundred thousand dollars and i went well that's not a good idea (laughs) you're telling me that uh you, you haven't been even out on the track, and you're going to run a marathon tomorrow. That, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you try 10%? And then at the end of January, he was bothering me like, oh, well, see, I should have done it all. And I was like, how are you feeling now? <laughs> These emotional whipsaws, especially for people that are unfamiliar with how cycles work, really can uh, take a toll.
3: Well, I think that we're seeing this because we see it in real time. We, we're seeing this day to day. You know, you're looking at it when you pull up your online statement. You get news in the inf- in the morning. You know, you, most people hop out of bed, Rich, and they're looking at their phone, and you got all the news of what's going on in the world. And usually, you know, the headlines: markets, so markets are down a thousand points. Well, yeah, that is significant, right? And and look, I, w- I don't want to take this and and sound. Harsh in any way, because I do understand this is people's, it's your livelihood. It's just security. It's what you expect that you're going to be able to use for the rest of your life. And so it is very important.
2: Yeah, we're not being flippant about it at all.
3: But, it, but it's also very important to understand that, you know, as bad as even yesterday felt, we're still higher at the moment than where we were at the beginning of the week in the S&P. What? Yeah. If you look if, at its worst on May 2nd, we were lower than 4146 we got all the way down to forty seventy four. So, I mean, so I just want to put this in a little bit of perspective. While it doesn't feel good, everything's whipsawing around. We're seeing stocks, bonds, you know, there's been no safe haven other than cash. Right. And we talked about, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, the, the psychology around all these things. You know, we raised some cash in January and beginning of February. And as we were doing so, um, changing portfolio, some people say, what are you doing? It, markets are great. Why would we get out? And, you know, granted now, you know, it's not enough. We, we wish we had a whole lot more on hand, but that would give you the opportunity to start stepping back in with selective, very surgical areas that you can, you can look to invest in and, and potentially do well. And now mm-hmm. nobody's trying to catch a falling knife, but there are still areas that have held up okay in this environment.
2: Not many. No, I agree. And listen, if you buy individual stocks, you may have a different mindset than if you're buying ETFs. Like we do a lot of sector rotation work. Things, Investments get overbought and oversold very quickly. You have big up days and big down days. Those are all the marks of bear claws. And not the real cool ones filled with cream and stuff that I really like, that I'm hungry right now. But actual bear claws, Right bear markets have this type of behavior, this rolling down a bloody hill kind of thing where you get great up days, uh, you get uh, great down days. Uh, And like you said, Danny, if you take the perspective of we just pretty much immunized the up day with the down day, we pretty much wiped it out, right? We had Mm -hmm. this huge up day, which I really didn't understand except for short covering. And then we we just took it all the way when people realized that the Fed's an idiot uh, as one cohesive group. um, And they are really behind the curve. The more and more information that comes out about inflation, for example, Bloomberg had a report about Nutrien, which is one of the biggest providers of fertilizer, that they are going to see disruption in production of fertilizer through at least 2023. You're talking about The reduction of use of fertilizer by 20 to 25 percent because of what's going on in Ukraine, uh, which means reduction in output of rice and wheat and corn. This is not a transitory issue, depending on how you define transitory and the Fed. Is behind the curve. The ECB came out this morning, Danny, or last night and said, uh, listen, we got to be more aggressive to raise rates here. We get back. We're going to continue on this discussion here by Natural Fitness Friday. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: How do the richest people of the world invest and protect their families? Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff's next virtual lunch and learn on The Truth About Life Insurance will show you how to ensure your income, minimize your taxes, and protect your real estate. Thursday, May 12th at noon. The most important insurance policy you'll ever own is the one you'll have when you die. Register now for The Truth About Life Insurance Lunch and Learn at realinvestmentadvice.com the truth about life insurance with Ratliff and Rosso realinvestmentadvice.com
1: the real investment show
2: hey a shout out to our uh, YouTube people and I want to tell you something if CB radio comes back I am taking tickle pickle as my handle, ah breaker breaker, this is the tickle pickle. I'm going double nickels. see you on the see you on the flip side. tickle pickle, ten four. Can't take you anywhere. You forgot the yeah, yeah. What's his name? McCoy? Who, who, who sang? CB McCoy. CB McCoy is rolling around in his grave right now. Mm-hmm. He's going 10 7 for you, buddy. <laughs> Look it up 10 7. Out forever. Um, this market is a crazy train. It's the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard market. <laughs> um, it's as crazy as that. Um, no offense. You can watch CNBC crazy train, or the Amber Heard, Johnny Debtro, same thing. There's not much difference. Be as crazy, okay? But you are the observer, and you have to keep your level head. And it's tough. It is absolutely tough through bear markets, especially for a generation who have never seen it, and for a generation who believes the Fed's going to come in and bail them out. And this Fed cannot bail them out. This glo- these global banks cannot bail them out. So it's going to go back to something really prim- primal and basic, but um, non- unemotional, if I can say that. It has to go back to rules, Danny. You have to sit down as whether you're an accumulator and distributor and say to yourself and step back, What are my rules to buy? What are my rules to sell? What's my time frame? What do I hold? Is it fundamentally sound for the period I need it to be? It's a very surgical, clinical analysis that may be very tough for you to do on your own. And that's where your financial partner. Now, I don't like the advice, Danny, that don't worry Stocks always go up, I hate the advice, go sit on a beach somewhere, let us worry about it. Listen, the, yeah. the people who have the most wealth are the ones who worry about it. A little bit of stress about your money is, I've noticed any of those people that are a little stressed out and concerned and watch it and are observant, build the greatest wealth as opposed to the people that fly by the seat of their pants. Yeah. It comes down to rules and a strategy. And you gotta have that. And even if you've never created them before, there is no better time for you to either sit down with your significant other or your financial partner and create those rules. You have to, on a crazy train, you gotta strap yourself in and analyze the situation. And again, I'm not saying it's easy. Danny, I think it's somewhat easy for us because we could step outside it a little bit and understand it and look at cycles the way we do and the un- what's underneath the surface. And we're going through the rubble right now trying to figure out where are going to be the opportunities that people are not going to want to buy into, right? How do we have to change up strategies for this environment possibly? We're not perfect, we're not right all the time. We understand that. We're willing to change our minds when conditions change, right?
3: Yeah, and I think that's the important thing is to understand that you can't, you know, there are times that you're going to be wrong. You're going to have to make changes and decisions. And, you know, the markets are, like you said, this is the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp market, and nobody knows what's coming next. And if somebody tells you they know exactly what's going to happen, they're full of it, number they one. They're full um, of they're full of Amber Heard. Well, well we, we know. We, I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. You no, know, we, we can make some very educated decisions and, and yes. use some experiences to to certainly shape those and understand as far as what markets are doing. But you know, at the end of the day, we need to follow, you know, the basics and get back to that. And I think that's the important thing for most people to understand. It is healthy. It's okay to have concern over what's going on in the world. But we also need to need to be cautious because we so often want to rationalize all of these things. And sometimes they just don't make sense. Um, sometimes the market will do things that they shouldn't you know, technically be doing. Um, and that'll happen from time to time. But what we usually always see is that it always comes back to where it should be. And what we mean by is we're always going to see the reversion to the mean. We're always going to get back one way or the other. We can get too far oversold, too far mm-hmm. overbought. And we're going to see that. Now, is it within the time frame we always want within that day, that week, that month? Maybe not. Maybe it can go on longer than we anticipate. But that's why we need to be cautious as well and also
2: be patient in some ways. Yes, and here's the tough part. You have a Federal Reserve and an executive branch of the federal government that are absolutely tone deaf to everything that's going on. We're going to raise taxes, increase regulation. We're going to make energy a political football and American households pay for the stupidity. Then you've got a Fed that comes out and goes, well, yeah, the job market's great and – you know, we're moving slow, but we, we might think about reducing our, our uh, emergency procedures. These entities, you are starting to see, and Warren Buffett says this, when the tide goes out, you get to see who's swimming without any trunks. These people are as trunkless as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. On the administration side and on the Federal Reserve, And the market picks up on this lack of confidence, Danny. It picks up on this turmoil as well, which is not helping the overall situation that's going on. Uh, I don't know how that plays out, but you're you're an investor and you are stuck in the middle of this trying to reach your financial goals and provide for your family. And this is a precarious situation to be in right now. It
3: is, it is and it, it, i'm anxious to see you know today the fed starts making their rounds again so uh new york fed president john williams comes out uh, this afternoon then you have james mm-hmm. Buller, president of the st louis fed i think these guys you know if they have uh contradictory you know kind of s- speeches what does that do to the market from a confidence perspective because i don't think anybody quite understands where to go i mean you know here we've talked about you know we have uh drone comes out says hey guys we're, we're raising rates 50 basis points we're not going to get too aggressive, and we're not going to disrupt the economy, Right, which is completely crazy to
2: think that you're going to be able to continue to raise rates and not disrupt the economy. Here's what the Fed's worried about right now. New lending rules for lower-income areas. The Fed has become a, and they always have been, but now right in your face. Well, it's extremely political. Political animals. Yeah. They're going to be concerned more about climate change and, you know, redlining practices. And I'm not saying redlining practices are good. What I'm saying is, they got their eye off the the ball of the problem that we have right now, right? There's a series of meteors coming your way and instead of focusing on the biggest one that's heading on me, I'm going to focus on the one out there by Uranus. That's not an Amber Heard joke. But what I'm saying is the lack of focus, Danny, filters to institutional traders who go This is the crazy train, and the conductors are crazier. And again, you're a family working every day, saving for your retirement, doing all these things, and you're stuck in the middle of this, and you have to be, here's the thing, you have to be the rational voice. You can only control what you can control. You can try to control your emotions, how much you save, things you can cut back on, right? We have Walmart reporting today expected to report adjusted earnings of $1.51 per share and revenue of $451 billion. It's going to be really important, Danny, as one of the major arteries of the economy to see what Walmart is saying about production, supply chain, consumers. So that is going to be a very, very important report for everybody to focus on, don't you think?
3: Yeah, absolutely, because this is going to be one of the main staples that you know, we're going to see what people's, what the trends are right now, how people are feeling. Are they continuing to shop online? Are they going out? Um, and and to what pay, at what pace are they doing that at? And that's going to be interesting to see what that forward guidance looks like, especially as we continue to see the inflation numbers push. Like you, you've talked about that previously. We're beginning to see Procter & Gamble came out and said, hey, guys, you know, people are starting to use
2: more generic store brands versus right. the, and we can't, the big names. Yeah, yeah. And we can't raise prices here, correct? Right? People are becoming more price sensitive. Which, so, is, which is why we do believe we're going to see
3: that disinflationary environment. However, disinflation yeah. does not mean there's no inflation. It just means there's less than what there was before. And so that's where we have to be cautious in the sense of saying, you know, nobody's saying there's not going to be any inflation. But it's going to be, it's going to be a while to, for these things to, to, to really kind of smooth themselves out. And we know, you know, look, a lot of this is supply chain driven. You, have, um, you mentioned fertilizer, Rich, and, and this is a big thing because this is going to impact the price of food. You know, and it's not just uh, Ukraine, Russia. It is also uh, China. China, which makes the most, uh, you know, they, they have um, a large, you know, a big, big piece of the fertilizer industry. They're no right. longer right. They're no longer exporting a lot of that. Right. So there, there are other issues that are out there. So we can see these food prices go higher. Yeah. Also, yes, the price can. of getting things from point A to point B. That's going to be one of the more significant costs because of just the, the logistical problem of of how expensive it is to move things around
2: hey, absolutely uh you also have major drought bans that are going on throughout the country like i mean lake mead you you read that story Danny, about lake mead they yes. found the barrel And they're like oh we're gonna expect to find a lot more they well, found on. my, my uncle story? murray with the gunshot in his head from mid-70s 1976 uncle money well should be uncle Vinny. oh i mean so many of them have been shot um You know what's really cool? It's a testament to Kmart that's not here anymore. Because the actual Kmart clothing that this gentleman was wearing was still sort of intact. That tells me that Kmart had some quality goods, and I'm sorry you're out of business, Kmart. If this this only Lake Mead kind of thing would have happened around 1989, you'd still be with us. How I miss you, Kmart. We get back. We're going to switch gears. Uh, talk a little bit about financial planning up front and then continue on this topic. Hey, you're accumulator, you go slow. You have your rules. What if I'm taking money out of my portfolio to survive? What can I do then? When we get back, Financial Fitness Friday.
1: Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: How do the richest people in the world invest and protect their families? Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff's next virtual lunch and learn on the truth about life insurance. We'll show you how to ensure your income, minimize your taxes and protect your real estate. Thursday, May 12th at noon. The most important insurance policy you'll ever own is the one you'll have when you die. Register now for the truth about Life Insurance Lunch and Learn at realinvestmentadvice.com. The truth about life insurance with Ratliff and Rosso, realinvestmentadvice.com.
1: You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
2: And welcome back. If you haven't joined us on YouTube The crazy train. Passengers on YouTube. We love them. (laughs) Listen, I'm not a climate change alarmist, which somebody's making me sound out to be. Uh, I'm telling you there is a worldwide drought that's going on right now. I don't know the reasons for it. And I'm saying is at a time of high inflation and higher fertilizer costs, it's not going to bode well for inflation. That's how I look at it. I'm putting it through the economic prism, not the climate change prism. It is what it is, and it's coming at the worst possible time.
0: Right, Brent? That's exactly right.
2: Because mm-hmm. we got, you know, if Brent doesn't get his corn chips. We're in,
0: we're in trouble. It's interesting that more farmers are res- resorting to natural fertilizers than the chemical ones.
2: You mean CNN? <laughs> CNN anchors ground <laughs> Well, that is
0: a form of bull.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, I, I can mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, there's going to be a boom and poop. So all that methane mm. is going to cause all this climate change, which means the and we, we need the cows, AOC. <laughs> we need the cows. We need the cows. Um, you know, something could be a cash cow, life insurance. You don't even think it can. So we're going to be doing our next lunch and learn, Thursday, May twelfth, twelve p.m have a little lunch, have a little learn, learn how people be how happy people will be when you're gone because they'll have their li- your uh, life insurance. Like Mrs. Roberts is going to have, when she has that party, we're all going to be invited once that life insurance kicks in. Um, she doesn't know about that. Oh, I think she does. He's still here. <laughs> I think the kids do too. <laughs> what does Lance always tell me? When she wants to go to some Hawaiian beach with some stud, you need to stop it, or something along those lines. When she's got her new, new boyfriend, he wants to make sure she doesn't blow the money. That's all he's caring about is the money. <laughs> he doesn't want her to blow the money. That is a financial advisor right there. He doesn't care about the stud, he's like, don't have her blow the money, all right? So, so the truth about life insurance is really important because we're gonna talk about it from an educational perspective. No one's here trying to sell you anything. It's more about there are elements to term policies, there are elements to permanent policies. These are roads you need to understand. And I think we broke it down really nicely. We'll break it down really nicely, Danny. The basics of uh, I think the presentation is gives you a really good overview of also our guardrails, RIAs, rules that you want to employ when looking for life insurance. Yeah, there, there's no products
3: associated with this or anything, any right. illustrations for that matter. It is basically, we're just going to talk about the basics, mm-hmm. what you need to know. And this is really going to be a 30,000 foot view. We'll do some more here in the future where we're going to, we're going to hone in on each individual types of different policies, even right. more so. And we may get into some weeds and kind of tell people what to look for, what not to, to do. But you know, what are the, the things that you need to understand and how you can use these things to your benefit? I think there's so many times, you know, life insurance is sold, it's not planned for. And this is going to give you that really good in-depth view on the, on the different types of policies, how you should be using them, and if you already have one, what you could potentially do to make it work harder for you.
2: Yes, and now this is on YouTube. So you sign up at Real Investment Advice, you tend YouTube. Danny and I will also be managing the chat. So any questions that come through, we want to make sure we address them for you. And speaking of questions, I got a very nice, very uh, good question. Uh, Really late last night, (laughs) someone emailed me about the, uh, there's an article I wrote about the SECURE Act 2.0, which is not, not signed into law yet, but I have a feeling it will be. I don't see anything that's going to derail this. And it talks about the required minimum distribution age and maybe moving that to age 75. Currently, it's 72. So, they're looking at in 2023, the RD age would be 73 uh, for people who reach age 72 after December 31st, 2022. And then it steps up to age 74 in 2030 and 75 in 2033. I don't understand the speed bumps. I never seen... A garbage disposal. I don't know what it does. It scares me. I love that video. Um, that AOC video is one I wanted to redo that with puppets, Brent. I wanted to do it with a puppet. Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's, that is one of the... When I'm not feeling good or I'm miserable, I turn that video on and mm-hmm. I laugh. <laughs> laugh, laugh. It's funny to have me. All right, so I don't understand the speed bumps why they're there, they scare me, but it is what it is. But here's the thing. If I'm a, say I'm gonna take my RMD at age 73, and I'm 70 years old, used to be 70 and a half. The question was about RMDs and Roth conversion. Technically, the IRS says you cannot convert required minimum distributions into Roth. Now. If you took the money out and you have earned income, you might make, take part of that money and contribute to Roth. That's possible. But what if I continued those so-called RMDs? What if I made believe that the Secure Act with all its speed bumps, speed bumps didn't exist? And I said, okay, I'm, 71, I'm 70 years old. I'm going to take out my required minimum distribution, but I don't have to. But what I'm going to do is take that money and convert it to Roth. See, that, those, right, those speed bumps allow you to maybe still have this RMD mindset and convert. If they were formal required minimum distributions, you wouldn't be able to convert them. But you know, it might give people more of an opportunity to convert money from IRA to Roth by extending out the RMDH.
3: Yeah, I do like that aspect. Like you, I don't, I don't understand the, uh, the phase you like or AOC? gradual.
2: You, Danny, you don't do any impressions. Uh, I can't we get Danny up. to You know, go, I'm not hip
3: enough, Rich. I don't, I don't spend time in the world. I spend time he in, in stocks and bonds and <laughs> economics and kids, and that's about it. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, I'm a chauffeur. I'm sorry, when Michelle. When I'm not working, I'm a chauffeur. I'm working or I'm sleeping. Michelle wasn't even on that list. <laughs> I mean, she's there somewhere. I mean, I see her some days. You know, I mean, it's that's the way life is. He is, right now. He
2: is a work. She's a work widow.
3: She's no, work widow. no, no. I do.
2: Have, we have a good work-life balance. There's just not much uh, else in between. Yeah, balance. That's what he's calling. It. I don't understand balance. It scares me. Uh, but it is a good thing. This because it will allow financially savvy consumers to to or investors to do this. Now, what's the thing that works with this, Danny? Because of the. Uh, non-spousal beneficiary rules, right? We have sort of lost that, you know, so I name my daughter on my IRA as a beneficiary. Before the first SECURE Act, I was able to go ahead and she would be able to, if I passed away, draw it out over her life expectancy. Now there's this 10-year rule. What I was hoping in the SECURE Act 2, Danny, they would actually take it away. But now it looks like it's there. So if my daughter is in a high-earning job, And she has to take that money out over 10 years. Well, you know, it's sort of lost its luster as a legacy tool. Um, Now, say Roth, if she inherits my Roth, it's still the same. But at least it's tax-free, right? Mm -hmm. Life insurance becomes a better legacy tool. Roth becomes a better legacy tool. So you can't convert RMDs. But I can make believe I have an RMD if this happens and make my surgical Roth conversion. And then the question she asked was, well, what's a surgical Roth conversion? And that's a good question because, you know, we look at, okay, say you are in RMD mode. You have to take it. My RMD is $50,000 a year. And say I have, and I'm in, say I'm in the, whatever tax bracket I'm in, right? With all my other income, I'm in the 22% marginal rate. And my tax advisor, Danny says to me, hey, I asked, I I asked Danny, my tax advisor, hey, Danny, how much money uh, can I take above my RMD that doesn't breach me into the next bracket? In other words, how do I maximize this bracket, this surgical extraction? And my tax advisor says, well, you, you know, Mr. Ratliff says to me, oh, Mr. Rossa, you could take out another $30,000 above your RMD before you hit the next marginal tax rate. Great, so guess what I'm going to do with that 30000 I'm going to surgically pull it out and move it to Roth. And I'm going to do that every year to build up my Roth money,
3: right? Yeah, and I think the important thing here is that at extra time that you have to do so and understanding that things have changed quickly with the SECURE Act, and now you're, you don't have that flexibility that you once did to have a, a much larger legacy impact or intent that people are going to, your, your beneficiaries, your heirs are going to have to take it much quicker if they're not your spouse, and having those funds in that Roth, that's that's a much better place because you're likely hopefully taking it out at lower tax brackets, whereas your heirs may be taking it out at a much higher tax bracket, depending on the amount, depending on how much money they're making, what their income looks like. These are all things that I think will make the funds go much further, right? So that at the end of the day, it's about keeping those funds in your pocket, making sure that we can extend those because that is the impact of the SECURE Act. They, they want to make sure that they can tax these funds right away. And so your goal should be is, okay, you want to tax them, but let's make sure you tax them at a more favorable tax bracket or tax rate. Because that Roth, you still have to make those distributions. However, you don't have to do it within that. uh, You're not going to be taxed. You still have to do it within that time frame of that 10-year period. But when you pull those distributions out uh, from that beneficiary IRA your heirs do, they're no longer going to have to worry about paying taxes on them. And I think that's going to be a great thing.
2: It is. So... Bitcoin in your 401k. Elizabeth Warren says no. Is she right? (laughs) I even hated to say that. (laughs) Joking. (laughs) We get back. We'll discuss here on Financial Fitness Friday.
1: you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com
0: How do the richest people of the world invest and protect their families Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff's next virtual lunch and learn on the truth about life insurance will show you how to ensure your income minimize your taxes and protect your real estate Thursday May 12th at noon the most important insurance policy you'll ever own is the one you'll have when you die Register now for the truth about life insurance lunch and learn at real Investmentadvice.com. dot com the truth about life insurance with Ratliff and Rosso real dot com
1: the real investment show
2: And we're back last segment. you know, um, Bitcoin crypto coin. There's so many of these. What's the other one? Sushi coin? Susha coin? I, I can't know. even keep up. I
3: can't either. They come and go so quick. It's
2: Although, if you haven't read about what the Mi- Miami mayor is doing with the, uh, I think it's Miami coin or I can't remember what it is. But actually, he's doing a really cool job with incorporating it into the city's budget in a very intelligent way. Um, so it's just interesting to see what he's doing. Uh, in Miami, I thought that was uh, fascinating. If you have a chance this weekend, take just type it into Google, and you can see how he's initiating sort of his—he's creating his own little cryptocurrency. Uh, and what he's hoping is that—and uh, it was very profitable for him actually uh, to do it. Uh, he hopes that in the next few years, it's enough to where he doesn't even have to have property taxes for the people of his. Uh, of his city. That's uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if you read about that, Danny, but he's a young guy, and you know, I think he's looking at it more of how he can use it as a uh, currency within the city. Seems to be creating a good spirit around the city and a very interesting application. For the most part, though, we're not that smart with it, people. For the most part, it was supposed to be this savior, this... Uh, Hedge against inflation, hedge against risk, sticking it to the man. They are the man. And the problem became that it was not, nor is it, um, a diversifier. Now, it is a turbocharged risk asset. So I told someone yesterday, think about it this way. It's okay. Listen, I own crypto, uh, disclosure. I know what it is, but I know what it is. I don't fool myself. It is a speculative asset. And um, think of it that when risk is on, if you want to, you know, what is it uh, when you turbocharge it like you add a shot of espresso to your coffee, right? That's what it is. It's the espresso. If I've risk is on, then most likely these cryptos might do better than stocks. When risk is off, the, it's going, it, the crypto is going to perform worse. It is what it is, it is a risk asset, it's tied to speculation. Now we see the real story of crypto and how it reacts. Now, Fidelity is looking to maybe add um, Bitcoin to their 401k options. And Elizabeth Warren and Tina Smith uh, are pressing Abigail Johnson to answer questions as to why, so I'm sort of torn here, Danny, because I do think people should have the choice, if they want it. Yeah, I just don't think it's a smart idea for crypto I, to I, be in a 401k. So yeah. I, I under, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know if that's a good decision. I personally don't think so. Um, so I'm sort of hate to agree with Elizabeth Warren, uh, but I think people should have the right. If they want it, they can do it. But, you know, it's sort of, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? I'm really sort of torn about it. You
3: know, I was initially torn, and in, and the reason I was torn was because, you know, I, I don't think that people are quite equipped to handle this. A lot of people, because most people are, over, are underfunded in retirement accounts.
2: And they make bad decisions anyway. And they
3: do. You know, it's like uh, somebody mentioned on the YouTube channel that they're shocked that so many people— Um, have less than $500 to meet expenses. Yeah. And when we look at the average balances or even median balances, which present a way different picture in retirement funds for people, even 65, we are so underfunded as a country. It scares me because what I fear is that somebody will get speculative. Now, granted, Fidelity is putting some stop gaps on here that you can't put too much funds, too much of your funds. You can't do 100% of your funds into the, uh, into crypto, but it's going to be enough where you could move the needle one way or the other. And that's what scares me is because we hear the stories of somebody who says, look, I've got three years to retirement. We've got to be super aggressive. And you and I know the pitfalls that can occur with that. Now, if you have the wind at your back, great. You know, I, I pray and hope that it works out for you. And, you know, most of the time the market does go up, but we're in a really volatile time right now. I'm not sure this is the time to go take the additional risk of something like that. However, you know, Senator Warren's issue is to Abigail Johnson – Wait a second. You guys mine crypto, so you guys have a conflict. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? It's a it's a private business. They should be able to do what they want, uh, number one. Number two, mm-hmm. okay, so they, they buy and sell stocks. Should they not be able to
2: sell mutual funds? I mean, yeah, where I does mean, listen, stop, right? What did Warren Buffett say? That, for the most part, we're gambling now. And, and Lance actually said it before, um, not to make his head any bigger, but Lance actually said it before... Warren Buffett did. Listen, we're all speculators. We want to own an investment and hope that it goes up in price so that it meets a goal and we liquidate it. I mean, it is, that's, that's the truth, okay? Uh, we can't go out and buy a railroad or buy Twitter or anything along those lines. So I get that. Hey, Danny, so just uh, not as, as a side note, the uh, the latest numbers came out about median and average balances in 401ks by age group. Okay. So age 45 to 54, what do you think the median 401k balance is? Now, the average is always going to be higher, so median yeah, will is give way you higher. a better.
3: Uh, well, I know what historical, uh-huh. historically the median is in general, so I'm going to go with mm,
2: 40,000. Yep. Well, that's not too bad. 56,000. Okay. 722. Much better. That's The good. median for someone between 55 and 64, oh my gosh, 84,000 there's a retirement tragedy going on here and we do not need Bitcoin but i agree with you Danny um every people tend to speculate make poor decisions and a lot of things the other reason why you might want to own crypto outside uh 401k is that uh, hey if i need to take a loss you know say i need to sell it at least i can realize you know yeah. the loss um so i don't know you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of real estate and 401k and IRA assets. I'm not a big fan of those kinds of things either. So, uh, but it doesn't mean that the company shouldn't offer it. Hey, listen, they don't get mad at J.P. Morgan when all you do is when you go into their investments. They are, they're all in the J.P. Morgan funds. You know what the biggest crime is? The DOL looking at ESG funds as a mandatory option in your 401k. There's a crime. That no, we don't want to talk about when you dig into ESG and realize all they're doing is adding more costs to your retirement plan. Well and the
3: Department and, of Labor who should be there to help the the employees exactly. is actually screwing them by yeah. by raising the raising the price of getting the entry here. So again, yeah, that's ridiculous. more
2: political infiltration into an area that shouldn't be. If you really you know what I've you know I told a friend of mine yesterday? We are all foam, no beer every st- everything we do now every decision we make is the narrative the foam at the top we never actually go into the issue and explore it it's a, it's a sa- and i'm talking about not you know people tend to do that but you don't expect objective organizations that are there to make big decisions that can change your life wrapped up in the foam Right, it, it's, it's sort of scary. So when the Department of Labor looks at ESG without looking at the beer or the origins and looking inside it and saying, this is an S&P fund with twice or three times the cost. It makes absolutely no sense. But no, she's not, she's okay with that. Because, that, you know, we're going to save the planet by you paying more money. That's how we're going to save the planet. It, you know, again... So I agree. Well, with hold it. on,
3: though, no, but but that but the fund the money that these guys make that doesn't go back towards helping prevent pollution. Oh yeah, or when, becoming when cleaner when, energy. Uh, Larry it Fink goes and back Black to Rock? them making money and lining their pockets. So right. that would be way different if they said, "Listen, we're going to double the fees in what we normally charge, and we're going to give it to climate change." That's what they should do. If it if
2: no, it's but that that's right. Like a, we're going to give it to a climate change organization yeah. or some organization that cleans the ocean, or right. You can maybe say, all right, you know,
3: but it's not. But even then, they shouldn't be able to dictate where somebody's money goes. So the problem is they want to start using this as a qualified deferred investment alternative, meaning that you may be like, like if you have a 401k, you have the ability right now, if you don't do anything, it's usually going to go into a a age-based portfolio or a time-based, like a Mm target-based for retirement when you want to retire. And the talk is potentially adding something like an ESG fund into that mix which is also potentially much more risky because it's typically gonna be
2: all invested in stocks. Right, right, (laughs) it's a crazy world. It is. Listen, the crazy train's not just the market, and the market is a reflection of society. So it was just a matter of time before the crazy train crashed into the market. I mean, it is what it is. And the unfortunate part is you can't be, because no one's gonna bail out your household when you can't retire, right? No one's gonna bail out your household you know, if you can't make your mortgage or but you can't put food on the table. Those
3: $1,400 stimulus checks will not go that far.
2: No, they won't. Um, remember when, those, when, the, when that second series of sim, uh, stimulus checks came out? They did a, they did a there was a, I can't remember, it was a radio show, but they did interviews with people about what they did with the money. One guy went out and just bought lottery tickets with the entire stimulus check. You know, nothing about financial literacy as some sort of mandatory application before you invest. Nothing like that. Yeah. Again, all foam, no beer. I think Danny and I are going to have a beer after the show. How come they haven't made a breakfast beer? rent
0: was like eggs in it or <laughs> something. <laughs> I think it's called Guinness rich beer, beer and eggs.
2: Maybe with like a maple flavor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Maple and uh, maple, maple beer, maple beer. Hey, listen, guys, we really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you on the YouTube channel. Sign up for go to real investment Advice. sign up for our uh, truth about life insurance, daily commentary newsletter. We run the gamut. Take a look at our new articles. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take a breath. It'll be. It'll get better. I promise.
1: It's a rich man's world.
0: It's a rich man's world.